Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about how to adopt with multiple adoption agencies and why you should. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder. This is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. And if you're a faithful listener or this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for joining me. We always have fun on the show talking about infant adoption. And I love this show today as I do love all the shows about because we're talking about how to adopt with working with multiple adoption agencies. So we're going to get into the how, the what's, the why's, the when's. Uh, this is a big, pretty big topic because a lot of folks that just get started in the adoption process wonder what it's like to work with adoption agencies or multiple ones. Some of you don't even know you can work with multiple agencies and uh, or where to even start. So some of you maybe have already been down the road on the adoption process and kind of gotten stuck. You're waiting and just don't know when it's going to happen. This may be a key for you to move forward, work with multiple agencies, and adopt faster. So that's why we're covering in today's episode. It's pretty big. So our guest on the show is Rebecca Greenspan, a mom through domestic infant adoption. And now she is an adoption consultant and has been for five years. Uh, After she adopted her son in 2011, she really got passionate about adoption, sharing her story and helping others and she used her personal experience with adoption then in her nearly 20 years of, in the nonprofit sector as a family therapist, a fundraiser, an event planner, really to bring it all together and uh, create this business as an adoption consultant. And she used in a consultant herself when she adopted, so she knew what it was like to work with a consultant. So it's really amazing and awesome that she's uh, turning around and doing the same thing for others right now. So let's just get into the interview right now with Rebecca Greenspan. Hey, welcome, Becca, to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy to have you back on the show. We had you on uh, uh, several episodes back, and I'm so happy to have you back again because this is a great topic here, talking about multiple adoption agencies and how you can work with them. And I think a lot of families really get stuck on this or maybe don't know what they don't know. And they, uh, when they're first starting the adoption process, they're thinking, okay, I need to find my local adoption agency. Or they start doing some research and I go, who, who's the best agency or who can help me uh, the most or the fastest based on my budget? And it becomes a whole ordeal of research. And I remember going through that myself, trying to figure out who do we work with and who do we trust? And this is a lot of money. And there's a little, so much that goes involved in it, so I'm so happy that we're having this discussion because you not only absolutely can work with multiple adoption agencies, but in my opinion, and I think your opinion, you should. And we'll get into that uh, in a little bit, but I want, first of all, if you could just share a bit about yourself, what you do. Yeah, and I'm so excited to be back on. I, I had so much fun the first time. So I am a single mom of an active six-year-old first grade boy who blessed my life through adoption, um, domestic agency adoption. I'm a full-time entrepreneur working to help people realize their dreams. So I'm a domestic adoption consultant full-time, which um, helps guide people to build their families through adoption. And I'm also a health and wellness consultant part-time 
helping people make healthier decisions. So when I have families adopt babies, I can send them healthy, toxin-free baby products. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) And besides all that, I do my best to give back wherever I can because all of these are truly my passions in life. And I feel really, really blessed to have figured out a way to support my life with my passions. Absolutely. How long have you been doing this uh, full-time, your adoption consultant business? I am, I'm in my fifth year. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And I know you've helped a lot of people. I subscribe to your newsletter and I see that all the time. How many people you help. It's very, very exciting that you share that with, with us. So that's cool. Thank Um, you. Uh, by the way, uh, just so you know, we'll share this at uh, your website later as well. But uh, our, if you want to go and learn more about her and her services, it's rgadoptionconsulting.com. Thanks for coming back on the show. You know, this topic is just so amazing. I think it's going to help a lot of people. But I want to mm-hmm. first just, just define it, I guess. Like, what does it mean when a hopeful adoptive family thinks about working with more than one adoption agency? What does it mean or how does that work? Yeah, and just that. Um, people don't have to limit themselves to just one agency, and, and a lot of people don't don't know that. What some people don't realize is that you can adopt outside of your own home state. Some agencies have a very large upfront fee of sometimes ten to twenty thousand dollars just to be an active family. Other agencies, many agencies, have very low or even no upfront fee. So you always have to get a home study done in your home state. But beyond that, you have options. Yeah. And I think it does depend on your state too, right? There's the legalities of every state is a little bit different. So you absolutely want to um, look at that as well. Absolutely. Although I don't know any state. Yes, there are certain legal issues that sometimes make it a little bit more difficult. New York probably being the most difficult. Yes, absolutely. Right. And, and there's a couple others, too. But when there's a will, there's a way, I guess. And I think that there is a way for people from every state to work with um, agencies outside of their home state. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody that's just listening to this and going, hey, uh, maybe they haven't even started the adoption process. They're just looking at agencies or maybe they have already been working with one agency and they've been stuck. Nothing's happening uh, for months or even years, I've heard. And they're going, okay, what's the benefit of working with more than one adoption agency? What What's in it for me? So, yeah, people come to me in two different stages of their adoption journey. They either come to me right at the beginning before they even start. Or I also have a group of clients that will come to me after they've been waiting for a year or more thinking, well, there hasn't been a lot of activity. I need, need to spread my wings. Um, so you gave a good example there. But I always say when it comes to working with multiple agents, agencies. I give this example. So say you went, Tim, say you went to your financial planner and handed over $250,000 and said, this is, this is the money we have to invest. Do you think that your financial planner would say, great, we're going to put it all into this one stock? (laughs) No way. No way. Never because it's too risky. And he would want to diversify your money to give you the most bang for your buck and to get you the most return on your investment. Right. Right. And I fully agree with that same approach, especially in these times when the numbers of adoptions, as as you know, have been decreasing um, year over year or as people are waiting longer to even begin their adoption journey. So maybe they're, they're a little bit older. 
So I might argue that it would make way more sense to spread your wings. So by applying to, let's say, three or four agencies at once, you're getting presented more situations, your profile is being shown to more expectant mothers, and most likely you'll get chosen faster than if you applied to just one agency. Now, it's not always that simple. There are factors, and we've discussed, discussed some of them with, with state laws, but you need to sign up with agencies that can best serve you based on your criteria, right? And you'll wanna know their statistics, right? So for example, you probably don't wanna sign up with an agency who does, let's say five to seven adoptions a year, and they have a list of 20 or more families waiting because then you're just a number on a longer list with very few adoptions and you may be waiting for years, right? That, that might not make the most sense. So what I'm saying is that you need to do your homework, you need to ask questions and you need to make, make the best decisions. And to your point, right at the beginning, you said sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. Exactly right. And many people I work with, they don't even know the right questions to ask right? When it, when it comes to choosing the right agencies. Yeah. I, um, and, I and oftentimes have conversations with people that say, I wish I would have known. <laughs> so. Yeah. Understood that. Cause, uh, it's easy to say you're going to work with multiple adoption agencies, but how do you make that work? And you're right. How, what questions do you ask them to know even which are the right ones to work with? Yeah. If they all have upfront fees, then obviously you don't want to work with all those adoption agencies because you don't want to put all that money out there. Right. If they have high fees. Yeah. Yep. Well, I've heard, you know, one risk with working with multiple agencies is that you'd be selected by multiple social workers or multiple agencies, you know, will select you at the, at the same time. And then the family has to decide which adoption situation to turn down. I mean, that could be extremely hard. What do you think about this and what are the risks that are out there for that? So, yeah, technically you could. You know, it really, it really doesn't happen often that you get chosen for two situations at one time. But I have had that situation happen. Um, many agencies will really encourage you to only present your profile to one situation at a time. But some agencies don't tell you that they're presenting your profile unless you've been matched. So it really could happen even if you weren't presenting to two agencies at once. Um, and, and really, you have to make that decision for yourself. But um, even if you don't think that you are, you could be presented at, at an agency who presents to the expectant mother first. So it could end up that you're being that you get chosen by two situations. So in that case, the family would have to decide which feels better to them and turn the other down, which are difficult situations, mostly for the expectant mom who poured her heart into choosing the right family for her child. But hopefully there was a close second, maybe. And oftentimes I do hear that there, there are, you know, that she was having a hard time choosing between two. So hopefully if one has to turn them down, they have another they have another choice. The only other thing that's a bit different, and again, not so much a risk, that you have to remain in the state where the baby is born until you get cleared from the state from, from the state where the baby's born as well as your home state. So that process is called interstate compact and can usually take one to two weeks. So that process begins once the baby is released from the hospital. 
it's actually a really nice time to bond with your baby without people knocking on your door, wanting to hold the baby and, you know, spend time with you um, and, and you getting used to each other. So it's a really nice time. So for a couple potential risks. Yeah, I would have to agree with that interstate compact. Uh, all three of our adoptions were intra or sorry interstate so we had to go to a different state uh to adopt our babies and uh all three of them were perfect times to have that time at least a week some of them were two that we got to just spend bonding with the baby and just uh having that time alone time with them is really really cool yeah it's nice it's nice i remember my father said um, when are you getting out of that jail? When can you bring your baby <laughs> home? And I said, you know, I'm not so quick to leave. I'm having a great time <laughs> bonding, you know, without other people involved. <laughs> yeah. The only limitation there is you can't leave the state. Like we were in one situation where we were kind of on a border, uh, right on the border mm-hmm. of one state to another. And so we had to make sure, okay, legally we cannot cross those state lines. So we didn't, and it was okay. Yeah. But it, it, and in uh, those situations, want to make sure that you're in a in a fun city right <laughs> yeah right exactly yep yep so uh anyway so let's, let's move on here some agencies we've heard do not allow hopeful adoptive families to work with other agencies at the same time have you heard of that and why would that be yeah i have heard of that i'm, I'm not really sure um the agencies that i have networked and partnered with all have the feeling that They know their clients want to adopt a baby as quickly as possible, and they're supportive of them applying to multiple agencies if that helps them in the long run. I'm not sure. Perhaps other agencies who don't encourage this may just want to walk through the entire process with their clients, and maybe that's what they value and do more hand-holding themselves. You know, I'm I'm just guessing. I've spoken with agencies in my area actually, about lowering their upfront fees to make it more affordable for their families to apply elsewhere as well. And while they don't have a problem with the multiple agency approach, their higher upfront fees are the only way that they can that they can see to cover all their costs. So there are just different approaches with every agency, and every agency is different and does things their own way. Do you find that... Um some agency is it a matter of like the size of agency if there's a smaller one do they offer um are they more open to multiple agencies or maybe they have the smaller ones offer um have less upfront fees or the larger ones have less upfront fees yeah i i've worked with different size agencies and i don't really see that being the factor necessarily you know, I tend to work mostly with agencies that are a little bit larger and do higher volume in their placements. So maybe it's also that they're, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I know it's kind of all over the place. And it really does depend on your state because some states have just a lot of adoption agencies and some like mine are uh, population sparse. We don't have as many or they're just smaller. So some agencies actually have warned folks, and I guess I can kind of see this, that it may be too expensive or too costly to work with more than one agency. Maybe they're trying to scare people away from working with more than one. I don't know. But, you know, most agencies have application fees and other fees that are required to work with them. And like we talked about, some of them are paid up front. So we'll, let's talk about cost. Will, will it cost families more to work with multiple ad- adoption agencies? Why or why not? Yeah, perhaps it will. I tell my, so it's interesting when people come to me 
um, and I say, well, wh what have you heard as far as a range for adoption? They'll throw out a number, but I'm never really sure if that includes everything. Is that just the agency adoption fee, mm, you know, working right. with the agency, or does that include the home study and the post placement and the finalization fees and the travel involved, right? So when when somebody tells you what the cost is, you have to make sure that they're telling you everything. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I tell my clients to expect to pay somewhere between 38000 and 50000 all in when all is said and done, meaning all those things I just talked about as well as a consultant, agency, travel, post-placement, attorney fees, home studies, all of that. Whereas another agency with higher upfront fees may end up being about 10000 less. I really haven't seen it skew too much less than that you know, maybe 10 to 15. So you really have to weigh the trade-offs. So in this case, maybe it's time versus money, right? So with, with some agencies with higher fees, maybe you'll be waiting, you know, one to three years versus the multiple agency approach, which my goal is always less than a year. And oftentimes I'm seeing that three to nine months. So you have to decide what's, you know, what's worth it for you, what's more most important to you and what you can afford, right? So most of the agencies that I see with low upfront fees, and I and I guess it goes to your question before um, about smaller versus larger agencies. So most of the agencies I work with, again, have higher number of placements per year. And, and, and what I see is that agencies don't want families to be waiting on their list for too long. So the shorter they have families on their list, the happier that family is going to be because likely they're on there for a short time because they've adopted their baby, right? Mm -hmm. And they're never really worried about the agencies that I've talked to. They're never worried about finding the families for an adoption situation or having enough families because there are always families out there for, for, for adoption situations. And so for this reason, among others, agencies like to have relationships with consultants because if they don't have the right family on their list at any given time, then they know who to reach out to to find them. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think families that work with the consultants like you actually get more education before they even go to an agency. And the agency will embrace those families even more because there's less education that they need to do for those families. They come to them already knowing what's going on, uh, not having to be educated. You know, you hit on a really... I have asked, so when I vet my agencies, one question I always ask them is, what makes a good family to work with? And across the board, they say an educated one. Mm. We love it. And they, and they all say, we love it when our families are working with consultants become, because they come to us already knowing about the process and they don't need as much handholding. And we know that they have somebody else there supporting them. So they love that because they're pulled so much with birth mothers and answering a lot of questions all the time from other families. Yeah, it'd be nice to have agencies only have to focus on the expectant <laughs> moms out there because uh, there is a lot of, of work that needs to be done. I mean, I don't think, well, this is my opinion. My perception is, I don't know if there's a whole lot of, of women that are out there going, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make an adoption plan for my baby and who's going to help me? It's most. Right. Uh, it's mostly, I don't know if this is what I want to do, but I want to talk to somebody about it and see if this is even plausible for me. 
And that's really the agency's main focus is their expectant mothers. Because like I said before, without expectant mothers, they don't, they don't have adoptions, right? Right. They'll always find the families. Yep. So their focus is really on the expectant mothers and the birth mothers. Which is another important reason in my mind. And I think you agree that you need to work with multiple adoption agencies because there are always more families that want to adopt than there are children or especially newborns available to be adopted. So getting you out there amongst multiple adoption agencies, especially if you can broaden that across the country, the better chance Mm -hmm. you have of adopting faster. But like you said, it's, it does happen to do, you have to take into account your budget because it is expensive. Absolutely. All right. So let's just talk about, okay, say hopeful adoptive parents are, are just thinking about this and going, hey, this might be something we should do here. What What's the first step for them? What What do they do first? Well, if, if you're talking about just working with multiple agencies. Yeah, yeah, so right. figure out the best agencies to sign up with when you're trying to understand which states have the best laws, how to find which agencies have low upfront fees what questions to ask the agency to determine if they're a good fit. That that could take you months of research and a lot of frustration, <laughs> right? The internet, there's so much information out there and it's overwhelming. So what many people don't know is that adoption consultants have done all that legwork for you already, which is what I alluded to before. So if you're able to work with an adoption consultant, you're tapping into their network, their relationships, and their information. So my advice would be to work with an adoption consultant from the beginning. And there are, you know, adoption consultants all over the country. Um, So finding the one that, that you feel you have a good connection with and that you click with is important. You have to trust that person. But if that's not something you'd like to do, and it's not in your budget, there are a number of fantastic Facebook groups with thousands of people in them who have a wealth of knowledge. If you just, um, and in fact, Tim, I think you, you're the administrator of one of them. Yep. Um, domestic adoption support network. network. Yep. Is that right? That's right. Right. So that among a couple others have, have thousands of people in it and following those groups and asking questions could very well lead you down the right path. Right. You know, asking questions, people have a wealth of knowledge. Now that said with all those people, Everyone has has different and sometimes very strong opinions. So unless you know all of the variables, I would really caution anyone to follow the path of somebody else until you know that it's also a good path for you, right? Meaning if, if, if somebody else's path sounds good, were they also looking for the same things you were looking for? Did they also have the same budget as you? When did they adopt? Was it five years ago or was it just within the last year? All those things make a huge difference. Because last year in the adoption world is very different than right now. Yeah, and it's changing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the internet, with social media, there's a lot of that stuff that's really having an impact on adoptions. So. Yeah, it's good. And, and I'll also mention that if you do work with an adoption consultant, it doesn't matter where you're located because we all work over the phone with our with our clients. So adoption consultants tend to work with families all over the country. 
So it's not totally necessary to find one in your own backyard. That's a good point. It's always because we like to meet the babies once you bring them home. <laughs> we like it when you're in our backyard, yeah. but it's not necessary. It's really who you click with the most and who you feel like you can trust. Yeah, that's a good point because I think, uh, especially with us, when we were starting out, it was a hard decision to make going, hey, how do I know I'm going to work and trust with these these people that I've never met, I have not seen, I've only talked with them over the phone, and I'm going to plop down a lot of money here to work with them, and that's that feels really, really risky. And I think that's why a lot of people, like, well, I want to meet and shake the hands and talk look into the eyes of the people that are going to help me. And so that's why they go to a local adoption agency. And I get that because like you said, you need to feel comfortable with the person. You need to trust the person. Very hard to do if you are only talking with them over the phone. Uh, but I still would recommend doing that because I think you could, depending on where you are in your situation, you could limit yourself by only working with a local adoption agency. And like you said previously, you really need to know their statistics. What does that mean? How do, uh, how many families are they waiting? How many adoptions do they do per year? You need to figure those mm-hmm. things out to know, okay, if I only work with this local adoption agency down the street, I could be waiting five years. That's eh, not acceptable to me. Then you right. have to re- get out of your comfort zone a little bit and talk with an adoption consultant like yourself, agencies, this feel comfortable with them and that really comes down to asking the right questions and just having them available to uh, talk with you right and one thing I thought about when you were talking you know for some people time might be okay you know maybe they're starting the process now and they're okay if it takes two to three years but I would also you know make sure that those people know that um, (laughs) time and money go hand in hand either way you look at it because the longer you wait you have to continue to update your home study as well which also can cost money. And some, some agencies have term limits. So you may have to pay another fee again. So you just have to make sure you know what all the information is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, get, it gets hectic. I mean, redoing your, I mean, for us, uh, redoing your background checks, your fingerprints, uh, not to mention your profile. If you do your profile and you're, if it's been a year, you better be updating your profile, maybe even less. Uh, you should be updating your profile and, pictures and other things. So it can be, yeah, daunting uh, tasks as, as you go along and it takes a lot of time. So regarding yeah. parent profiles, if you don't know what a parent profile is, it's a book, so to speak, of several pages, maybe, I don't know, up to 20 pages or so, depending on what the agency's preferences are. But it's a book that you create pages about you and your life and describing what a child's life would be like in your family. So uh, that's kind of a simple way to put what a parent profile is. But uh, and we've had other podcasts done on what those are and how to um, effectively create them. But so agencies have different requirements for families to create and share their parent profiles. How does that work when you have multiple agencies and uh, maybe even conflicting requirements about creating and, and sharing profiles? Yeah, great question. Well, I have luckily found that among the agencies I've worked with, all but one don't care how the profile is created, whether it's Shutterfly or Mixbook or Canva or something on your computer, you know, publisher, whatever. Most don't care what format is it's in. Mm -hmm. However, most do want a PDF version. Um, And when sending your physical book, they prefer soft cover. 
but they will work with anything. And and the one agency that I do have that wants your profile done in a very specific way and will have it created for you for a, for a low fee, um, I help my clients through that process so that they don't really have to deal with it too much after creating your profile. They don't want to look at it again <laughs> until they're chosen. So that really hasn't been an issue, luckily. Well, that's great. Yeah, I, I could see it being an issue, but maybe the agencies <clears throat> are becoming more open to, hey, create what you will and uh, do what you think is best and uh, we'll we'll share it and maybe give you some pointers and tips um, along the way and you mentioned a pdf version uh, for those who may not know what pdf means it's basically meaning you're saving it as a uh, soft copy so uh, it's a, a file that you can share over email or over the uh, internet in various ways social media that uh, folks can just pull up and read on their computer or their phone or their tablet. Yeah. So um, what stories can you share? So say you have, you have, you've had some adoptive families that you've worked with that have uh, successfully adopted using multiple agencies. I, it sounds like most of your families probably do use multiple agencies. What stories can you share with us that people have had success? Wow. I have, I have lots of them because pretty much all of my, <laughs> all of my you just never know what an agency will be looking for and when. Um, so much of it is is luck and timing, right? Being at the right place in the right time. I've literally had families match in a day because they sent their profile to the wow. right agency at the right time. Wow. I've also had clients that perhaps developed a great relationship with one of their agencies, totally thinking that that's where they would adopt because they kept receiving a lot of situations. And then all of a sudden they get a call from another that they hadn't heard from in months. So, and that's the one, you know, <clears throat> so it very much is a timing game and every agency ebbs and flows at different times. So to be at the right place at the right time is key. Oh, and I, I I've had clients who probably presented their profile 20 times. No joke. <laughs> I mean, they just were getting so discouraged and they wow. responded to every situation they were sent from many different agencies until they were finally picked. And, and that whole process took only like four months. They were getting a ton of situations sent to them. But if they hadn't chosen multiple agencies, who knows if they would still be waiting, right? Because they weren't getting a ton of, of situations from one agency. They were getting a ton from all the different agencies that they had applied to. So I think it's very much, you never know <clears throat> what's gonna come up where and when. So to be at different places at the same time is only going to work to your benefit. Yeah, I can see that. I'm sure there, I know there's folks that have just went, Hey, we worked with our local agency and we only waited two months and we adopted. I'm sure that's the case. But I think if you were able to, and I don't think there's any way to do this, but if you were able to statistically look at it and say, uh, families that only work with one agency versus families that work with multiple adoption agencies, I think statistically you'd see, folks that work with multiples probably are going to adopt faster just based on the numbers. Like you said, if you get your name out there and multiple people are sharing your name out there, odds are you're going to get picked faster. You agree? Right. Okay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. I agree, which is why a lot of people call me after they've been waiting for a year with one agency. And most of those calls start with, I had no idea I could apply to more than one or I had no idea I had other options or I didn't have to adopt here locally. Yeah. Yeah. 
And do you, uh, I'm, I'm see this in the Facebook groups, um, because like you said before, a lot of strong opinions get shared and it's really crazy, I think, because you could have one agency that somebody absolutely loves. They may even work with them more than one time, had a fast adoption, everything went great. And then somebody else said, I would never work with that adoption agency. They were horrible. Uh, mm-hmm. how, I don't, it's hard to wrap your brain around that. And I would caution anybody that does go into the Facebook groups and go, hey, what do you know about this adoption agency? And you'll get all those opinions. And then what do you do with them? How do you, what would you recommend to those people? So I, I say that I don't discourage people from looking on the internet because I think it's good. Um, but we have to remember that adoption is a very emotional process. Absolutely. So when anything goes wrong, and it could be just a legit fall through where the birth mother has a change of heart, right? She has that legal right. And it may have nothing to do with the agency at all. The agency may have done everything right. But if 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 she changes her mind, and an, an adoptive family is really upset about that, they might decide they want to you know, say something negative about the agency, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Cause it's, it's such emotional, such a, an emotionally charged journey and people get very reactive. So when you're looking at information online, um, unless you're seeing the same complaint over and over and over again, you're always going to see a complaint about every agency out there. And you're always going to see good. So that's where I think that the statistics and the numbers really speak more than what people are saying online. Because mm-hmm. they have 50 successful adoptions in a year and, you know, three failures. Well, their numbers are speaking to their success, right? So just a word of caution, but I, but I also think it's good to look. Yeah. Well, I think we've answered a lot of great questions here, and hopefully we've given the folks here a lot to think about when it comes to working with multiple adoption agencies. Um, You and I both agree it's the right way to go, at least at this point in time in the adoption world. Uh, And I think if folks want to get a hold of you, I think it'd be great to um, hear more about what you can do for them and when it comes to uh, consulting. So how can folks get get a hold of you? How can they contact you? Well, they can, you mentioned my website at the beginning, which is www.rgadoptionconsulting.com. The RG is for Rebecca Greenspan, which is my name. Um, rgadoptionconsulting.com, where I have some great folks thinking about adoption, including, um, I would, I would encourage people to go to my frequently asked questions section. It's a, it's a whole video um, where you can actually go to the place that might answer your specific question. You can also sign up for a free 30-minute consultation from my directly from my site where I'll walk you through how I support my clients every step of the way and answer any adoption questions you might have. You know, if nothing else, I just want people to know their options and to get off the phone getting some really, you know, some solid information so that they have a direction to go. Um, I also have a very active Facebook page, which is RG Adoption Consulting, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as well. And I'll have all those links in the show notes, so you don't have to, if you're driving or something oh. and you, you're trying to write uh, this stuff down, don't worry about it. So you can go to the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com 
and uh, you can get it off of there. And you can actually click on the links and it'll just take you right there too. So one thing I love about your page, I just have to say this, uh, I love how you share your success stories, the folks that have adopted. Uh, great pictures on there. You can read about their stories. Uh, just really cool to see the smiling faces of the families on there that have, that are holding little babies. Uh, that's just very inspiring. You know, I think it, it would provide some hope to those who may be struggling uh, just starting out or maybe they're struggling that haven't been able to adopt. Maybe they've been waiting for a long time and check out her website and give her a call. I'm a 30 minute free consultation. I don't think you will be disappointed. Becca's very good at what she does. Uh, you, so you go by Becca. I just want to make sure folks, they've, they've heard Rebecca and they've heard Becca. So, right. You go by either one. Yeah, I do. I go by Becca. <laughs> okay. Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You've done a great job sharing a bunch of information and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm sure. Great. I hope it's helpful. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Great interview with Rebecca Greenspan. She did an amazing job sharing with us all the information about how to adopt with multiple adoption agencies. And I just hope you got a lot out of that. I know I did. I really hope you go over to her website, rgconsulting.com and check out all the different things she has. She has an about page there. You can read more about her story. She has a frequently asked questions page. She has a congratulations page about the folks that have already adopted. You can read their success stories. She has a services page. You can see what she actually offers and and how to get a hold of her. Uh, She actually has a blog as well, which I've been honored to help provide some articles for. And as a reminder, she will offer you a free 30-minute consultation just to talk about your situation and if maybe she would be a fit to help you uh, with uh, your adoption plans. So I highly recommend going over there, rgadoptionconsulting.com, and Rebecca will be sure to help you there. And uh, all these links will be in the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 51. And while you're there at Infant Adoption Guide, go to, uh, you'll see all over the page, but you you could go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash welcome, get my four free adoption books that will really help you on your adoption journey. I hope you go take a look at that and uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. If you would, leave me a review and I'd surely appreciate it. Until next time, God bless you on your adoption journey. Thanks for listening to my dad.